Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Hello, you're welcome to today's edition of Money Radio on Leadership Podcast. Money Radio brings you the latest development in business and economic cycles of Nigeria and issues of businesses around the world. My name is Innocent Odo, and in today's segment of uh, Money Radio, we are talking about uh, why foreign the potential of foreign rice still persists in Nigeria. Now, ahead of the Yuletide season, if you go to the marketplaces, you discover that uh, uh, there's massive importation of foreign rice into the Nigerian uh, landscape. And uh, we are asking, why is it that after all the efforts being made by the federal government uh, to discouraged importation of rice, this situation continues to persist. And so I'm in the studio today uh, to do justice to this uh, very important topic. Now, it it might be instructive to know that uh, the federal government, especially the Central Bank of Nigeria, in 2015, imposed a a ban on foreign uh, exchange uh, to be used for importation of rice. I also followed it with a loan of about 40 billion naira to smallholder farmers and of course banned the importation of rice through the land borders. Uh, it also imposed another tariff of about 70% to imports from the ports, the imports of rice from the ports. And these are some of the great measures being taken by the federal government, especially the Central Bank of Nigeria, to discourage rice importation. But after how many years now? Nigerians still import rice from outside the country, especially if you go to the local markets, you still see brands of uh, foreign rice in our market. So today we're going to look at uh, why this kind of situation persists and the implication it may have on the Nigerian economy. And I'm in the studio uh, this today with uh, two gentlemen to do justice to this very important topic. I have to my right, Kes, come on, Kes, you're welcome to the program. Thanks. Also, we have a regular Paul Wademakole. Welcome to the program. Now, let me start with you, Paul. I'll just read out some of the measures and efforts being made by the federal government uh, to discourage importation of rice. But uh, uh, those efforts seem not to have made any significant progress in the sense that uh, we still have massive importation of rice. What exactly is the problem? Well, I, I think that uh, we have made progress but we have, we have not made as much progress as we wanted. In Nigeria, we consume 6.7 million trillion, uh, tons of uh, rice annually. Out of this 6.7 million uh, trillion uh, uh, tons, we Nigeria produce home growers. That's rice farmers in Nigeria. They produce 55% of that. More than 55% of, of our rice meal, which is quite, quite significant, unlike in the past. Yes. But it, it leaves a gap of about 3 million tons of rice, which now have to be imported. But if we go back to where we were before, or you can say that we are not where we want to be, but we are not where we were before. Yes. Because we have made significant progress in rice production. So we have made significant progress, but our population and the demand and the 
challenges in rice farming in Nigeria has made it very difficult to bridge the gap. It will have made progress. This 3 million gap, tons of rice gap, is what is the issue at stake. How do we bridge this gap? How do we stop the total importation of rice? Government tried, you know, when this government came on board uh, in 2015, like you rightly pointed out, it excluded rice importers from uh, uh, foreign exchange window. Yes, uh, then government even went as far as closing the borders of Nigeria just to incorporate uh, rice farmers. But the, that action of the government, especially closing the border, also exposed the, our inability or inadequacy of our farmers to meet the demand and output. That was why, uh, within those period and still now, and up to now, that we have challenges of rice smuggling. Many of the rice you are seeing in the market are, that are presumed to be imported may actually have been smuggled into this country. Which now raises the question of how do we police yes, our products to make sure that rice are not being smuggled in uh, in such a way that uh, they beat the, 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 the intention of government by closing our borders and by abandoning the nation of rice. Basically, that is the way I look at it. It's not that uh, we, we have made progress, but we need to do more. Okay. Uh, Kes, let yeah. me turn it to you. We have made progress, but we need to do more. Um, uh, in 2019, uh, August 2019, the federal government imposed a ban on uh, closing border, right? You know, and uh, after they reopened the border, many people thought that uh, they may not have served the purpose for which. Uh, you know, the border was, I mean, the borders were closed in the first, the land borders of Nigeria were closed in the first instance. So, what do we make of that kind of uh, policy? And uh, did they actually achieve the aim of uh, stop, to stop smuggling to neighboring countries, uh, especially the issue of rice now? Did they actually make an impact on, uh, on that? Uh, um, you know, there's a popular saying in Nigeria, water must find its way. Yes. Um, Mr. Paul just pointed out one issue while he was making a submission, and there he said, who knows whether some of the rice we see on the market that we claim to be locally produced may actually be imported into the country. Smuggled. Yes, they are smuggled into the country. So, the thing is, I commend President Buhari for taking that strong stand so that local farmers would increase their production of rice because rice is a staple, a major staple of Nigeria. In fact, not just of Nigeria, there's a country just uh, in this West Africa where um, two of the presidents that have been overthrown include it is alleged that uh, what contributed to their overthrow was rice, uh, the increase in price of rice. Uh, those are people who say or who think that <laughs> I know them very well that uh, no matter what they eat they may eat bread, they may eat uh, cassava they may eat whatever but if rice is not on that menu they will claim I have not eaten since morning so that's a lighter part of it but like we said um, water must find its way 
once there is a demand for this product and the supply is short the price will increase and once the price is increased people will have the incentive to go and smuggle it by what means they will smuggle it because they want to meet that demand the only way to meet that demand if there is that policy that there is a ban on the importation of rice they will do all they can and who uh, knows sometimes uh, we have some of our security operators that collude with them to do this so as to whether that aim was uh, accomplished i would say partially because the price uh, or the production of rice actually increased but uh, if you look at a report from uh, a website called noema in 2016 uh, nigeria imported rice to the tune of 2,500 2.5 million metric tons which was 19 percent up in 2017 president buhari in, insisted that there must be no importation of rice that importation dropped by 20 percent to 2000 and then in 2018 it dropped further to 1900 that is five percent less yeah sorry 1.9 million so in 2019 it still dropped further to 1.4 million metric tons but then in two, uh, 2020 it went back by 35 percent 35.71 percent to 1900 metric tons so the point we're making is once there is that gap once the local producers have not been able to meet that demand people are going to import rice and uh, that is the problem we have. President Buhari has succeeded in, in ramping up production of rice by his policy. But people are hungry. I would like to ask you a question. It's a rhetorical question. Who has lost? In David Ricardo's, uh, that is the famous economist, British economist of the 19th century, uh, who is the author of this theory, comparative advantages trade theory, theory of comparative advantage you produce what you are better at producing where you can produce much how much of nigeria's how much can nigeria produce per hectare how many bags of rice can nigeria produce per hectare compared to other countries you see that we produce less than other countries such as such as the asian countries but we have to take note of the fact that nigeria right now is the largest producer of rice in Africa. Yes, I'm coming Nigeria to that. Nigeria is the 14th largest producer of rice in the world. Yes, right now. I'm coming to that. The point and is... And we're talking about paddy rice. Yes. We're not talking about processed rice. Yes. That is why I give uh, President Buhari the credit. But in the, uh, if you look at it from the larger perspective, the rice, the price of rice as of 2015-2016 was around 89,000. Now it's around... 20,000 and uh, we see that as we are approaching the Yuletide season, just like these people in West Africa, if they are not eating rice in a day, or no matter what they ever they are eating, they will say, I have not eaten since morning. During that Christmas period, especially like Christmas Day, there are parties all about it. And once rice is not cooked, they say, This rice was not in really party. <laughs> so <laughs> we expect to see if we are not meeting that demand, we expect to see that. You know, uh, rice will be smuggled. That is why we see rice from 
And uh, I see remaining with you, Kets. Uh, the question of investment incentive, the government uh, for the CPM is leading the way in encouraging local farmers to wrap up uh, rice production. Of course, uh, in 2015, like I said earlier, about 40 billion naira was uh, given to uh, smallholder farmers by way of loans to encourage them to, uh, to uh, produce uh, more of uh, local rice. Uh, but it appears as if the more incentive they get to produce local rice, by having the even the price of local rice is also skyrocketing in the market. So, what effort, what what sense will it mean? Will it make rather that we have we have encouragement for rice production, and people are now buying it at a higher price? Yes, that is the point I was making just now. That uh, Nigerians, or whenever uh, you know that theory of comparative advantage is that if you block your borders and you stop the importation of that thing you need and uh, it is outside there, people will bring it in, but they will pay higher. So who benefits ultimately? The farmers, be it who, whichever country, the farmers are going to benefit because they have higher price, at least in the short run. In the short run. They have higher prices, uh, they, they, they gain more, they make more profit. So they benefit more. The people who lose are consumers. Which is, uh, Which is people like us. Yes. Of rice. Yes. But um, I think President Barry would have succeeded more in the ramping up production of rice if it were not for this issue of security, insecurity. That's another thing. So I don't. Uh, the policy is not a bad one. It has had its benefits, but it has also inflicted its own challenges, its own costs. Okay, Paul. Uh, let me go back to you. The issue of Pricing, prices of rice skyrocketing in the market. If you have uh, a production output that has increased by 60% you know, in recent years, which is commendable for any government according to its policies. Now, I'm thinking that the more you invest in rice production, you know, it should also affordable for the people of Nigeria to be able to buy rice in the market. So, why would we have output, growing output, with higher prices for the ordinary people? Let's look at it this way. Like I told you, Nigeria has increased its rice production to the level like it's the largest producer in Africa, 14th in the world. The challenge we are having in Nigeria to produce rice is that processing. Governments have not invested much in the processing of rice. 80% of rice that we eat in Nigeria, that is from Nigeria farmers is produced by smallholder processors. Only less, less than 20% are in the hands of uh, big time processors. Are you getting it? So as a result of it, the cost of processing is very huge for the uh, for the processors. Are you getting it? So because of that, the one day when they process it, they bring it to the market, you find out that it is not, it's almost as expensive as the foreign rice. Ordinarily, their own ought to be cheaper so that they can be able to beat the competition from the uh, foreign rice. So that's the challenge that we need to tackle. How do we provide processing machine and equipment for the farmers so that the rice produced in Nigeria will be cheaper? And okay. if, uh, if, if, if the rice, not just that it will be cheaper, 
You know, Nigeria produced rice is actually more nutritious, much more nutritious. One of the things that actually discourages people from consuming Nigeria produced rice is just that those stones that you have to. And I think they have a method of stoning them now. Well, anyway, um, uh, <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion on why uh, we still have importation of uh, rice despite all the efforts being made by the government. Stop that. Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, uh, we are on Money Radio discussing why despite the efforts of the federal government, we still have rise importation into the country. And what we must do to ensure that we curtail it to a various minimum. I've been in the studio with uh, Kes Hammond and uh, Paul Wadema doing justice to this very important topic. And before we go on, uh, let's take some comments uh, from our listeners and our viewers. Now, uh, one uh, Kemi Adeoye said, please, uh, this. He said people are hungry. He said people are hungry and an importation of food. Okay. In, in a country that has no capacity to produce enough food locally for each population is Oh, that's a very very <laughs> it's a lamentation kind of. <laughs> so people are ready to come. I can read this for us, Paul. So most of the locally produ- locally produced are exported out of the country and processed. Then turn it back to us because we lack good equipment of processing it. This is something I have heard about. support because Nigeria is exporting paddy rice to Ghana. Is that so? Nigeria is exporting paddy rice to Europe. France to Hungary. We are also expecting party rice to Botswana. So yeah, it wouldn't be it may not be out of point that when they process all this Nigerian rice, they can bring it back as you know when party are all refined. So when you refine it, it become a double rice. Yes. So it's right to think like that. I even though I may not totally agree with him, but it's just a possibility because we export Paddy rice. Nigeria is a, is a major exporter of paddy rice right now to Af- some African countries. Because we like the, 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 the processing capacities. Yes, okay. I told you earlier on that only 80% of the rice processors are local are smallholder okay. uh, processors. They don't have equipment that can do all this the, the stoning. Yes, that we're talking about. Only less than 20% are by big time processors. I don't need to mention that there are some three prominent among them, three prominent uh, mm. processors. And those ones, they, they, are, they are doing very well in terms of processing. Okay. But the the smallholder uh, processors, they are the majority mm. all over the country. Yes. And they are the reason That's why the rice from Nigeria are considered to be of poor quality mm. in terms of processing. Now, this is where we come to investing in rice processing. Yes. Yes. We have the potential to, in fact, supply all over the world rice. Now we have we have a shortfall, just like he said, where we consume uh, local production is about um, 
at just about 4.9 million metric tons a year, while we consume uh, seven, uh, nearly 7%, yeah. uh, seven, sorry, 7 million metric tons yes, of, uh, of uh, rice. You know, so we have a shortfall. The gap is the one that is what is encouraging importation. But now we have, a, we have potential to actually meet that gap, surpass it, and import rice. After we have met our local production, we could actually import rice to other gas, process rice, that's what I'm talking about now, to other parts of the world. What is holding Nigeria back in terms of investing in the process of in the processing capacity? Uh, I will say it's just uh, the issue of priority. Priority. The reason is the reason I say it's priority is because not that there is not money, but there is not enough money to do that because. Uh, wrong priority look the right priority for government should be that people should have enough to eat on uh, in uh, the muscles the hierarchy of needs the first thing is food yes. then when you come down you see it's like transportation where the issue of fuel comes in that is where nigeria's money is going to importation of fuel. <laughs> so if the country had more money to spare, I mean, subs uh, subs uh, subsidizing fuel were just out of the equation. And the country had more money to, to spare. These are areas they, uh, they, will, they will be able to invest. In. What, what, how much would it cost? It wouldn't be up to a billion to get good running meals processing meals to you know have this uh, facility these facilities uh, ready for uh, for local use but right now the country is cash trapped and it's because majorly that issue of fuel subsidy which the politicians know but they are not ready to uh, to take any stir right now because of fear of public backlash yeah uh, okay, okay. Uh, paul there's one other thing that's uh, just he raised an issue very important uh we're we still talking about the crisis is there no a way that the nigerian government can actually subsidize this price so that nigerians can afford prices? the issue is that nigerian government like many african countries are still treating issue of food as a macro theory, as a terms of uh, that food is necessary, it's a human need. Yes. They are, the United Nations and others are now pushing that government should see food as a human right. And when governments are being held accountable in terms of provision of food for their citizens, as, a, as an issue of human rights, yes. that it is the right of a Nigerian to have food. Then they will pay more attention to it because right now they are they have just left it to the forces of demand and supply, which is not supposed to be so. When you make it issue of demand and supply, you are now leaving it to the market. Mm -hmm. But when you make it a human rights issue, now try to deal a way in such a way that government will support investment in rice production, in terms of processing, in terms of goods, in terms of all the value chain, and. Uh, you're not, not looking at it basically are just for people to have food, but as as a compulsory 
as a as 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 mandatory on for the government to make sure that there is food available for you because if you are if your citizens don't have food, you are violating their human rights but you begin to make food access to food an issue of human rights our government will not pay attention to it that said the private sector is an opportunity for them yes some of nigeria's three of nigeria's uh, billionaires they are invested in this sector they are, the, they are about the less than 20 percent time processors but others can join them so that we can have rice that is very cheap very refined very marketable nigerians will prefer to eat and even abandon the foreign rice let me tell you if you if nigerians have cheap processed and quality nigerian rice they will not touch the foreign rice because they are already Nigerians are suspicious of many of these foreign rice in the market. I'm telling you. So what we need is investment in this sector. There's a need for government to encourage investment. If the commercial banks are not ready to give a loan to investors in a, in a single digit uh, interest rate, uh, when the central bank can step in, we know that they are already doing enough. It is because of and Kobolo's program, that is why we are the largest producer of rice in Africa right now. 55% of rice in Africa, Egypt produced 30%. The rest is just there for the other countries. Yes. That is how well we have done. We can do better. We can do better. Uh, it is conversion banks. Those people, they, they are not prepared to lend their money out long term, especially at single digit interest rates. Those people, you know, uh, you don't blame them too because of the rate of inflation, which is per uh, annum is around 17%. So if you lend at a single digit interest rate, then you have 17% inflation. That is a loss. So, like you said, the central bank needs to step in with some of these programs and wrap up production. From the stage of production, Processing and see, but uh, especially we talked here today about uh, processing, yeah, the poor processing and uh, or lack of uh, facilities to process the rice that we the rice that we produce is going to make it difficult. That is in Lacona right there, and it's going to make it difficult. So I think the central bank should step in. They have been doing similar things. I think the like I said, the major problem is a lack of money. And it's been, maybe by the time that refinery comes on stream next year, then this uh, government, if the uh, lawmakers do not increase their salary, the executives don't increase their salary, <laughs> then there will be money to spare to invest in these areas. And there are some areas uh, that uh, some of the challenges we're facing. Uh, you know, the issue of uh, mechanized farming is very important in rice. Uh, it's very important because that's an area where we're lacking. They have the issue of a poor infrastructure. You have uh, inefficient harvesting and milling and storage. Yeah. So these are the issues militating against our objective. Because our intention is to surpass what we already have. We should feed our population properly, produce more that we can actually en en export yeah. to other parts of the world. The rice that other people will enjoy and demand for, so that we can actually use that to get this foreign exchange that we're talking about, which has eluded Nigeria for some time now as a result exactly. of uh, the challenges in the economic sector. Yeah. 
So what we experts have said also is that uh, we need to create a nice rice uh, institute that will take care of the research, you know, relating to rice from breeding to the process and post harvest operations. Fortunately, rice is not one of those products that is easily perishable. Yeah, it uh, lasts for some time. Otherwise, these are bad rules would have been leaving another contributing, another discouraging factor uh, to the production of rice. So, it's less, less, less just the government gets money, gets enough money to invest in these other areas. Uh, President Buhari has actually shown courage. Not just him, uh, the previous president, President Goodluck Jonathan, also showed courage in making sure that Nigerians self-sufficient right. yeah. 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 but the government also need to address the issue of insecurity yes. because insecurity is also uh, one of the major reasons why we're having uh, rice uh, uh, scarcity of rice or short supply there are, there are, there are some uh, millers they don't have enough rice to mill this is because the farmers are not bringing in enough paddy rice for them to and this is because Many of the farming belts or rice belts of Nigeria, they are having all kinds of uh, security challenges. This also needs to be addressed. The, the, the farmers should have producing environment to be able to go to the farm. Then there should be continuous enlightenment on the modern processes of growing and processing rice. This should be a continuous process. Nigerian rice farmers have really done a lot. They have done a lot. Uh, if anybody tell you that uh, it is possible some few years ago that Nigeria would be the largest producer in Africa and 14th in the world, many people would doubt it. But we have done it and we can do better. That is what I that's my all we need is more incentive, more support. And then there is there is also the need for government to boost their confidence by buying up whatever is excess that they produce exactly. so that it will encourage them to produce as much as possible you, you know, know that, that the market is there 100 percent government is there yeah. to take the excess product that they have that's this will encourage more good rice yeah that's and a very good point all right yeah. all right uh, uh, we've been having a great time uh discussing uh, the issue of rice and uh, production in nigeria and why we must uh, wrap up production in the country in order to meet uh, local demands and of course find a way of uh, exporting rice to get foreign exchange for the country and of course help the young people to get involved in uh, job creation through rice production and it's on that note that uh, we come to the end of today's edition of Money Radio. I've been in the studio with uh, Kes Hammond. Kes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Paul, it's always wonderful having you on the program. Uh, it's on that note that we'll call it a day this edition of our morning radio uh we promise to bring a fresh edition to you when next we come stay blessed bye-bye this program is brought to you by leadership podcast from the stable of leadership media group